Hi, I'm Evelyn. And I'm Danielle. Welcome to Sip and Read Podcast, a podcast where two long-distance friends sip some booze, critique some books, and get into some shenanigans along the way. On this season, our very first season, we are reading The Deep by Amakatsu, a historical fiction novel set during the time of the Titanic with a supernatural twist. So grab a drink, grab your book, and let's do it. Did you do you have a drink? Yeah, I have those ales from the floor. Oh, you're still working on the four point. I don't when I'm like I only drink when I go out. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, I don't really drink at at home but like that often. I try not to drink alone. Dude, one time, oh god, we gotta go on this book. So <laughs> last week I was doing. I'm like I'm like in this lab like this lab for my school and we had like a participant and we were interviewing her me and my like uh my lab partner uh-huh. and um one of the questions was like do you drink alcohol like yes how many times um and the participant she was like in her like she was like 37 or something like that uh-huh. and she was like yes I do drink occasionally how many times a week she said about five <laughs> sounds like a lot because she said it like all like nonchalant yeah like, you're like I feel like whenever I get asked that at like the doctors and stuff I'm just like once a week I know it's a lie sometimes I, I drink a lot like yeah I honestly I drink a lot too <laughs> <laughs> only when I go out like I can pour I can like open a can at my house or like pour a glass of wine uh-huh. I'll never finish it I do it because it yeah. feels good to do it it's like a, it's like a, a uh-huh. calming sensation to have like yeah, a yeah, yeah. next to me <laughs> to have the class but that shit goes down the drain the next morning <laughs> so your freaking sink drains the one that's getting drunk not you you dead ass all right ready in three two one hi abby <laughs> <laughs> hi <laughs> oh god oh there it is there it is. So you're drinking four point. Yeah. Dude, this, this one is 8.6% alcohol. That's a lot, right? That's a lot. That's a lot. I'm drinking Miraval Rose. I'm a couple sips in, I'm not gonna lie. I'm already kind of feeling it. I haven't had wine in a while. Yeah, I don't take long for a while. I take one sip and swear I'm drunk. And I think by next week, I'll probably be hitting the red wine again. Because, you know, I only drink red wine when it gets colder. I did not. I did not. I don't recall you saying that. Oh, I thought I told you that. Maybe you did. I have a bad memory. I, just, I can't drink red wine during the summer because it's, like, warm. Mm. Um, so I only drink it when it's like fall, winter, and I have two red wines that I got gifted that I need to, I need to crack open, pop open. Look at you! Look at you with your collection of wine. I have a hell of wine, <laughs> and I actually have an old ass wine that's opened that I need to throw away. That shit's probably like vinegar right now. 
It's a red wine. I'm gonna, it's a red wine vinegar. Oh, maybe you can put it. <laughs> I already have red wine vinegar, but maybe I'll have a second. A second. <laughs> is that how red wine vinegar is made? Mm. It's just set out for a long time. <laughs> I no, I think there has to be some kind of chemical thing going on. Mm. But I think yeah, like if you leave wine out for a really long time, it turns into something like that. That's what I've heard. Because now we're just this is gonna be the episode of us going hella off topic. Yep. Does wine turn into vinegar? That was the first one. I'm gonna mute myself because I gotta blow my nose. Okay. Okay. No, it will not create vinegar. It will create soiled, spoiled wine. But it's because there's a certain type of acid, acid, acetic acid that's in that's in vinegar. Uh-huh. Um, that actually is also in wine, but it's a really, really small amount. So no, I can't, it's not going to become vinegar. Mm-hmm. I should try it. No, I'm not gonna do that. It's literally been here since I moved in. I was still drinking. Doesn't wine age? <laughs> it ages in the bottle, not when it's open. It ages, okay. it ages in the barrel. <laughs> I don't know what'll happen. I feel like I'd die if I drink that. <laughs> no. No, I wouldn't die. But is I the cork still in it? Stomach ache. Yeah, the cork is still in it. That is fine. Mm. You should Google it. I'll look into it. I'll see, I'll see, I'll see about that. I'm not going to do a taste test right now. As much as you want me to. <laughs> you got your rosé. You're fine. Mm-hmm. All right. Chapter 31 through 40. 31 through 35. No, we read 31 through 35. What do you do? Oh, okay. <laughs> Could you imagine nine chapters? Jesus. I was like, I'm not This is actually technically seven because there's a couple interludes in between. Mm-hmm. So th- I, this felt like a hefty read to me. How did it feel to you? What were your What were your first impressions? There's a lot. I know we say this. Oh, great! It's happening already. <laughs> can you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> I, <can hear> <laughs> I thought you were frozen. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> um i feel like we say this every episode but i this was a there was a lot in this chapter uh-huh and we are getting dangerously near the end a little too close to the end than i thought we would be for how much we know i feel like i don't know anything still i know i'm so annoyed i'm so mystified alma if you are if you're listening to this i hope you're not because i feel like she might take this as we're shitting on the book i'm not shitting on the book beautifully written i love I love your description of the characters. I'm just a little befuddled because I don't know how this shit's going to wrap up. And like, I think we have like less than 200 chapters or 200 pages left. Yeah, I don't know either. But you know, I felt like on my end, this was a light listen, courtesy of Audible. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was a light listen. It went by quick. it was a light read like i i didn't i i don't even think i was reading for like 30 minutes and that includes the note taking um i was just so annoyed 
But these damn characters, I cannot stand. I did not enjoy these chapters. I was just so irritated. No, I was too. And I have a lot of shit that I was writing down. Uh, even like, I feel like it was too much to write down at some point. I was like getting dummy. all dummies. They are all dummies, but we've been through that. Let me um, flip to my to 31 just so I have it on hand. I wonder how long we've been recording for. <laughs> I think like a good 30 minutes, dude. Oh, mm-hmm. Okay. More more work for me to do. That's okay. I love to I love to listen back on the things that we say because I feel like we're I think we're really funny. I feel like we maybe I'm biased. But I think we I love it. Okay. Chapter 31. Um, we are in Dai's point of view. This is, I believe this is right after kind of Leslie pulls Mark aside into the closet, might I add, to tell him to like get him to steal that money. Mm-hmm. So Di is actually walking through the first class corridors, trying to find Leslie and stop him from this alleged scheming. I still don't see it. Sorry. Although I guess with the whole um, him forcing Mark to steal all that money, I guess that is an act. Now there's an actual con going on. So I'm, I'm kind of proud of them for that. Um, he's kind of just walking down the hallways trying to find uh, Leslie. Um, he finds him. And- do you know how? Wait, say how he finds him. What does he do to find him? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about this part. He starts singing a Welsh lullaby and he says, he starts singing and says, Leslie would hear it and know it was die. Dude, that shit was so funny on the on the fucking audible. Because oh, how did that sound? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was driving, cracking the fuck up. Oh my god. <laughs> That is so funny. Dang, now I'm wishing I listened to the I'm gonna have to listen to that after. <laughs> so um that doesn't that doesn't get Leslie, but he, he ends up finding him like right after he starts singing that. <laughs> and he's um he's like, come on, stop doing this. We we you're gonna get arrested. And then I thought this was funny. This is on page two six at the end of page two sixty-one. Leslie says, Are you mad? This is the most lucrative con I've ever done. Is it? Dude, I don't think it is. I highly disagree. You also have no money to show for it yet. Yeah, there's been nothing made. If if anything, they're just like telling stories and shit. Yeah, wasting time. Just being theatrical. Then Dai says something interesting. He says, we don't need the money. We have enough to get us to New York. So that really, that kind of, that had me a little bit shook. Because I was under the impression that that's why they were doing this idiot scheme in the first place was that they were very poor and in need of money but to hear from Di that they don't actually need money like right this very second that was a little like jarring for me oh really yeah I don't know I just was like whoa I took it as like they have enough to like you know maybe cover first and last month's rent (laughs) (laughs) they got enough for the deposit to New York but like I think Les, yeah, Les is looking more like long term. Like he wants to like be financially stable. Um, yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So then Les is like, 
Les does make a good point because he's like, look around you and like compare it. And le- literally, that's like literally what Dai does in the very beginning of the chapter. He's like, as he's walking through the ha- halls, he notices how physically different just the halls are themselves, not even the rooms. And Les kind of um, enunciates that fact. And, you know, he says we're crammed for to a room and like, look at how swanky this part is. Um, so he's and but that may kind of made me think I feel like Les is kind of losing he's kind of lost the plot I feel like at first maybe it was a, a means to an end like a way for him him and die to get money so that they could have a good life but now I feel like Les is seeing it as a way he can also get revenge on all of these upper class people mm-hmm. it's kind of what we were talking about in the last episode with like the moral of it all and the ethics of it all like yeah I yeah rich people are bad but I don't know. I don't, I think I just hate Les where I'm like, I almost want to side with the rich people. I think Les thinks that it's owed to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, like he feel like he deserves this. And it's like, just because you're poor doesn't necessarily mean, I feel like if you make enough money, then you're just going to be just like them. If he has these kinds of thoughts and feelings already. That's true. That's a good point. You know, and I think die and on dies on dies and he kind of sees the individual rather on yeah. let's end he sees like he's like he, sees, a, he like, generalizes group, all like the class itself uh-huh and we and i think also like i have that kind of sympathy because we get to see the insight like the point of views of all of these different people who are clearly struggling individually like maddie astor caroline all of those people we see that they aren't just like they're not just money um so then you know, so then Dai's bringing up, like, really good points. Like, what if you get caught? Are you really willing to risk all of this? Um, and then... Um, fuck, what am I... I don't even know what the hell I'm doing right now. Dai, so Dai's like... <laughs> <laughs> I got you, girl. So Dai's like, what if we get caught? Um, Les is like... I think he's basically like... Dude, I don't fucking remember what I know. I don't know why I'm like all I know, all I know is that like they have like they they have they're like bickering back and forth about like the morality of what they're doing. And Uh then that leads to them talk, but then that ends up leading to them like talking about the two of them and And like the relationship. And I think Dai kind of, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. So like Dai kind of voices his insecurities about the relationship. Dai says like um I feel like he pretty much I think he's worried that Les is just gonna leave him once like the money ends up actually coming in he says like you could toss me over for that stewardess or the first rich old lady who bats her eyes at you um but then Les says we're together aren't aren't we I'm with you now but then um dies like you're not with me and he says he feels like he's just a con to him too and he Mm -hmm. says another mark um and then uh Leslie kind of starts to vaguely tell him about what is going on like what he had what like his plan with actual Mark you know because he says I found a better con a bigger one and it's going off right now that's what that's why I'm here um <laughs> and then <laughs> things get a little <laughs> spicy uh-huh. um and then um <laughs> die okay I'll, I'll do my dramatic reading again die says and what do you want then his voice came out a jagged whisper. Les's hands were on his arms. 
Les pushed him gently until his back hit the wall of the vestibule. His mouth was at Dai's ear. You. Yeah. <laughs> God, I can't take them seriously. I can't. Yeah. And normally, normally I would be rooting for like two characters like this, like characters where the odds are like stacked against them. Yes. But God, any love interest in this book, I'm just like, oh, I gag. Everyone in this book is insufferable. I know. Except maybe Ondine. <laughs> maybe the baby. That's a strong baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I haven't even seen enough of her to... to <laughs> That girl, everywhere that girls go, everywhere that girl goes, there's trouble. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh gosh. So then they start to, I think they start to have sex. Although I, I noted that in where is it? It says at least in the rushed heated span of three minutes. I think there is oh no, you did not have to say that. They're just making out. <laughs> well, they were, I think they were making out with the intent to undress because. I'm going to read the last um, paragraph of the of the chapter. He leaned against the wall afterward, panting as Les arranged his clothing, making himself preventable again. Di tucked his shirt tails in, breathing hard, his whole body flushed. He was pulling on his jacket when he heard the clop-clop of a woman's shoes on the metal treads and looked up just in time to see that they'd been caught. Oh, oh shit. Dude, Di was in heaven that whole, like, that whole... Uh time he and les are going at it he was loving it he was like he's the whole three minutes (laughs) he was like he's finally mine for these for these three minutes in heaven he's mine (laughs) wow i loved your um, voice (laughs) your die voice that was really good thanks um so then we head into chapter 22 which is in lucy's point of view oh sorry chapter 32 which is in lucille's point of view um she's that's obviously new. one what that's new yeah she's this is the first time we're getting her point of view yeah. so obviously it's pertinent um she's the one that caught mm-hmm. these two yeah. doofuses in the stairwell <laughs> <laughs> but um so sh- she's like steed in that one chapter now she's like roasting the hell out of the party wasn't good enough for her like the decorations weren't that good the food wasn't that good okay because they're old why don't you the worst fire that your lawyer telegraphed you about? How about that? Um, um, she left her husband there. It seems like she doesn't have a good relationship with her husband either, kind of like how Maddie is. And then on the first page of chapter 22, um, she talks about, she mentions that um, she notices how Aster is always dressed so fantastically and showy. Did you notice that? Jack Aster? No. Now we have two ladies roasting his. She, come on, the green velvet suit. I was a big fan of that. I, I know. Well, I, I know. Why like to dress all like extravagant too? I thought she would appreciate that. I thought she would as a fashion designer, but I think she just was a hater. Haters gonna hate. <laughs> um. So she happens upon the two boxers, as she calls them, and this one was so weird. This part was weird to me because I thought maybe. It would just be about how she caught them, like, clearly, like, they had just been together, right? He's, like, putting his clothes back on. But then they confessed to her that they were working a con. I know. I was like, y'all gave up too quickly. Too quickly. I feel like I would have rather have been like, yeah, we're gay and we're in a gay affair. Then tell her about something criminal that you're doing. Like, the rich woman. You're telling a rich woman. A rich white lady. I know they're both white, too, but. 
But still, where's your backbone? I know. Um, (laughs) They came so fast. (laughs) They don't stand a chance. (laughs) I know, right? They cracked. And she's totally eating the shit up. She's like, um, what does she say? She's like, she she found it like some satisfaction. Yeah, she loves that. that. She found this out before anyone else did. Yeah, like everybody was pretty much paranoid about, about being raw. And she thought it was so silly how everybody was so like, oh uh, yeah now about somebody going through the personal belongings uh-huh but in actuality it was just these two crazy crazy guys um but then we find something we find out something pretty pretty shocking so she's a lesbian um yeah so she she um said she could feel the pain of their circumstances she could feel it because it had been her own too she still remembered the first woman who had broken her heart um that i just was so shook when i this whole chapter, I was, like, getting more and more in shock the more I read it. Um, and then, so she leaves. She um, is looking through the letters from her solicitor about the fire, which is, in fact, that same fire that Lillian survived. I know. That was wild. I thought was, that was, like, that's a crazy, like, coincidence that that happens to be um and she's really really guilty and haunted by the incident so again this is now we're finding out the demons that lucille has this is one of them and mm-hmm. it comes up later too um which relates back the fire relates back so she's going to new york because she needs to find a new factory mm-hmm. where um a new factory because her old factory in london burned down mm-hmm. and everything burnt down with it all the product and her employees all of her low-key when she was explaining that i was like you're heartless <laughs> it's, you just it's, want to replace them so you know, casually too i know i was like oh um but she does mention that like you know because around this time there was like that a lot of a lot of things like that happened you know because like the sweatshops mm-hmm. um, the conditions were really bad she does make a point to say that like it wasn't something like that it wasn't like a decrepit old building um, where that was just waiting to happen like it just was some, it was where they her seamstresses would sew yeah um, but yeah like you said Lillian was the only survivor of this of the factory burning in London but anyway that factory burnt in London so she wanted to go to New York to get a new factory mm-hmm. to find a new factory because they had a lot of products are being shipped to New York she mm-hmm. can find new uh workers there in New York mm-hmm. but not only brought the factory thing the fire burning now because remember that letter that was mentioned the letter that was sent to her from, I think, an attorney from um, a few chapters down. Wanted to talk to her, right? What was that? That the police wanted to talk to her. About the arson? Yeah. Yeah. I think it relates back to the factory burning. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm so, more sense um, so then she thinks back about how Lillian Nodding was the only one who didn't, who survived. And then we find out that crazy coincidence gets even more coincidental because she, the only reason that she was not at the factory was because she was delivering a dress to a client at the salon the client we remember this from a long time back was caroline yeah which that was like crazy i was Um, like how do you just not realize this dummy i know but um did you also notice how she she remembered to the slight pang of desire for the pretty young girl yeah that was i was like another predator i literally fantastic exactly i said another predator and now, oh my god <laughs> so many because she even said that she like she would do she, that yeah what what 
that she would do things like that. Yeah, she would do things like that. When she realized, she thought Lillian was too pretty to be working in the factory. So she had her work closer to her. And whenever she saw a pretty little thing, pretty little thing (laughs) (laughs) in her factory, in her factories, she would, um, she would suggest to them that they could work closely by her side instead. And, you know, they basically, they would like move on up in the world. Yeah. Ew. So sick. I thought I liked her too. I know, me too. Do I know she's a woman groomer? God. God. Don't we ever win? No one is safe. <laughs> um, <laughs> so then right after that, she recalls that that whole coincidence that Caroline's involved and she's like, well, I can't, she's like, well, I didn't even, she didn't even realize that it was her. Um, and she does, and she does notice that Caroline didn't mention it either. Maybe not knowing that she was the same Lucille of, of the company. Um, so then she's, I, she's already in her cabin and like the sea kind of, the ship kind of lurches. So she looks out of the window and she sees something that looks like a woman out on the deck. And she thinks maybe like she got locked out on the deck and couldn't get back into the hallway. So she goes out to see if she can help her. Um, and she notices that the woman was disfigured. She was a ghastly sight. Um, she looked as though she had been clawing at her own face. Um, with growing horror, Lady Duff Gordon realized she looked like an escapee from an asylum. Her head was shorn, her hair raggedly hacked off her eyes smoldered like burning embers most disturbing she looked slightly familiar she's kind of just like frozen in shock because she she just like doesn't know what's going on and then the woman kind of vanishes but then right behind her um freaking mr steed pops up out of nowhere that creepy old weirdo mm-hmm. um but he's like Shh, don't move you'll scare her away and then she says you see her too he says the spirit and then the spirit disappears yeah i think it was lillian i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure all these siren sightings that people are seeing did lillian um, somehow sneak on the ship huh she's dead no she's dead right yeah so she i think she's just like the spirit because if you think about it I think they're all connected to Lillian somehow. Not all of them, but a lot of them are. Uh-huh. Um, and she said that, oh, she looks familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, and I was like, that. I feel like that's the only way, that's the only person she would know that looks, yeah, she said her, and I thought it was interesting too how she said her eyes smoldered like burning embers, like that fire symbolism, kind of tying it back to the whole fire. And Yeah, and Lillian's name always comes up and truly she seems so irrelevant besides the fact that everybody or besides the fact that so many people have strong connections to her yeah besides I don't know what her part plays in this book I don't know either and I I have a feeling though that we'll see more of her soon Mm -hmm. um because she you know I feel like she got she really got mentioned a lot in these um in this bunch of chapters don't you think I feel like she's mentioned in every single chapter no matter who the who the person the pov is yeah it's kind of annoying i'm like <laughs> girl can you get to it um alma get to it get give, to us it more, give us more information our patience is wearing thin way thin <laughs> um so then we get a little interlude between chapter 32 and 33 um 
this one it's kind of crazy because it's in like a mystery woman's pov like it doesn't state whose point of view it's in so here are my notes that i i kind of wrote about it obviously it's in a woman's point of view because so i'm gonna i'm gonna read that first little paragraph uh the water was a froth around her head a swirl of bubbles rushing and flowing all around her water buffeted her in all directions water never stood still was never dormant was never satisfied water was always rushing somewhere and everywhere with the water came the voices carried far and wide. Um, so then I'm get I'm I'm assuming it's a woman because she's talking about how it's she's talking about a man and then she also says she's gotten got she's gone and gotten herself pregnant and ruined her life. Um, the man says his prospects will be better in America. Um, and then we get another little part in italics. Bubbles brushed her cheek, lifted her hair, carried it long and black and flowing like seaweed on the tide she turned her head away but she could still hear them you can never escape the voices i don't want to spend the rest of my life as a maid they never learned it seemed never changed you couldn't save them from themselves the best you could hope for was to save a few the young the willing the innocent so i think it might be lillian i literally put i wonder if it's lillian but then it says, I don't want to spend the rest of my life as a maid. So that's confusing. Hmm. Discuss with Danielle. <laughs> I, think no, it, I think it might be Lillian too. But then did you notice she'd gone and gotten herself pregnant? So that was kind of weird. I was like, wait, I don't know if we ever knew if Lillian was pregnant. Well, I have some thoughts about that, but I think I think they'll come up later on. I have some as well, so I think we might have the same thoughts. We'll see. Okay, we'll see. But yes, I think I'm on the same page. I think it might be Lillian too. Yeah. Um. So that was an interesting. That's something that we haven't seen before. I've never seen an interlude like that. Mm-hmm. God, I. That's like nothing. Like I'm really tired of Alma just like <laughs> changing her direction of the story so frequently like girls oh, stick to why? one thing i know i'm like, getting what are you doing <laughs> who who approved this for public <laughs> i don't know what publishing house said this was okay <laughs> girl i better this shit better get wrapped up if i'm not mystified at the end of this i'm going to lose it I'm writing a strongly worded letter <laughs> all right okay chapter 33 we're back in 1916 Back, we're in Mark's point of view, baby. A couple episodes back, I said I wanted this to happen, and it has happened. I'm so it's happened. I'm so all right. Um, wait, am I doing this one? No, I'm doing it. Or do you want to do it? No, you're doing 34 telegraph and 35. Oh, okay. You, know what? you do this one. We can do it. Are you sure? You do it, girl. Do it. Hurry up. <laughs> okay. Oh, shit. she's getting mad. <laughs> Pissing her off. Um, he is, you know, he's on the Britannic. Um, I thought I really liked this chapter because we get a lot of like um details from the actual time of the sinking. Um, because he's kind of reflecting on all of that. He reflects on the fact that Annie's alive. Um, and then we find so I kind of I kind of made a list of who we find out about. So he's told that Caroline and Andine died during the sinking um we learned that sir duff gordon so lucille's husband and jay bruce ismay which i want to say is the captain or some dude um lived 
only because they like snuck their way onto a lifeboat. Um, uh, Aster and Guggenheim and Steed are all missing and presumed dead, which that's crazy. I were like, I totally forgot about Steed, and like I was, I forgot that. I was like, oh shit, I for- I totally forgot about him. Like in the future, I didn't even think about. I don't even think about any of these people in the future except for Mark and Annie. Because it never come up. Yeah. So to find out like concrete details about them, that was kind of crazy. Um, and then he starts to think about Ondine. He kind of he just thinks about like his life since the sinking. He says his life since the sinking has been one long nightmare, starting when he woke in a New York City hospital. He had to get some of his toes amputated. No, he was in a coma for a few days. Um, and then by the time he woke up, like the the news of the of the singing had like kind of taken over. Um, he says he wishes he could track down the person that found him and brought him to the hospital, I guess, um, and say there wasn't a less deserving man on that ship. And you know what? I agree with you because I don't like Mark. I don't. I, don't think, I'll, I think all of them should die. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> they yeah. all should have met their maker that night. Uh, but then he says she should have saved her good deed for old man Steed. This guy loves Steed. Steed, I, know, I was like, a guy either. You don't deserve it either. No, no. Like I not. said, y'all all could have croaked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of all y'all. But this part was sad. He says finding out that he lived when his wife and child had died only made it worse. Ugh. Um, he had one thing that he still managed to keep Lillian's journal. Don't know how the hell that shit survived. Um, I'm telling you something mystical yeah he says how he wasn't able to process the news especially when it came to Ondine um and he tried to like he liked to imagine that she had been rescued but you know obviously there's no way to identify her so she got either went to an orphanage or got adopted by someone else mm-hmm. if she were alive she'd be four Oh, that's he's, he's all fantasizing about what ifs about the yeah. what ifs oh. but then he also and I think this will tie into whatever we're gonna whatever we might think might be happening he pictured her like Lillian a gorgeous child as radiant as the sun but with dark hair and reckless tangled and wild oh with hair dark um yeah and then we learned that he, uh Caroline's family never knew that they had gotten married so that kind of just confused me about the timeline because I don't know how long Caroline had been because Caroline's American I always forget that she's American and Mark's British so her oh, family, I, I always thought it was a reverse yeah I thought so too um and Caroline's the rich one too mm-hmm. um so Caroline I, and I'm surprised that Caroline was even allowed to be living across the across the sea across the pond across the pond um in London by herself as like an unmarried woman I just thought that's interesting mm-hmm. she's she been there a long time because if she were to be pregnant she would have had to been there for nine months and it seems like they got I don't like were they, were they married before they got pregnant and I feel like I guess with with no phones or anything I guess it would be easier to keep a secret like those two secrets getting married and having a child and it sounds like they got married quickly because like you said the his her family didn't know and I thought it was so sad how because he mentions that after the sinking of the Titanic mm-hmm. um the ledgers of the um, Titanic um, stated that Mark and Caroline were married, mm-hmm. but Mark ended up telling Caroline's family that it was a mistake because he didn't see a point in ruining, like, I guess they're like, um, their, memories of her. their memories of her. That was yeah. so sad. I thought that was really sad too. Um, 
feel yeah. like you're just like um you just kind of like I don't know you kind of just like <clears throat> threw away the memory of you of you two like away it's like yeah but I, I mean I kind of get it too because like I, I tried to put myself in like her shoes and if I had died and then you know you find like records from wherever I was dead and said I was married I would totally be like did I even know her at all and I feel like it would just cause it would just like rupture that grieving process totally mm. uh, so I feel like that's kind of noble of him to do and he does say she belonged to her father Mark oh. wasn't sure in retrospect that he'd ever really known her at all damn I mean, they did have a tumultuous ass relationship, so maybe it's yeah. Oh, and then this is going to really, the next part really ties into uh, oh. what we thought about Miss Audine. Yes. Um, so he kind of just talks about like his life now, super simple. You know, he, he works as like a, a clerk somewhere. Um, but he thinks about his life before to the happiest time of his life the months after on Dean's birth when he and Lillian lived with Caroline. The way they phrased it, it to me, and I think to you too, it kind of implies that on Dean does not belong to Caroline. She's Lillian's daughter. Yeah. Right? And it comes, up later, it comes up later too. And I think you'll talk about it when Carol, it's in Caroline's POV. So I'll leave that for later. Uh-huh. So yeah, that part totally... I think they were a throuple. <laughs> Dude, they both they both deeply loved her. They both deeply loved her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think they definitely. I'm okay. I'm I'm joking about the throuple part, but I think there was an interesting dynamic to their family. They were a family in some way. Yeah, it's just so so confusing. I'm just so confused. Mm-hmm. Um, Which might be why they had like the two of them had like such a like tumultuous like relationship together because the one thing bonding them together was Lillian Lillian passed when Lillian passed away Mm -hmm. um they kind of like that 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 bond kind of tore yeah so now they're they're just stuck with the two of them and they're kind of like learning each other's like true selves and they're realizing that they don't like match yeah as well as they thought they did Uh uh-huh Dean is just stuck in the middle (laughs) uh, bring my mama back (laughs) yeah um yeah that's that part was crazy and then he kind of he hears a noise and he thinks that it's annie and he's like all scared mm-hmm. <laughs> um but then so then he like he thinks he says this really like heartbreaking line um because annie's like obviously still trying to get a hold of him hold on i have to burp oh god um doesn't she that know- can be like another uh if we ever like like you said made merch that could be like another t-shirt thing. i have to burp i have to burp <laughs> I feel like I I literally said that in the last episode. <laughs> Takes another sip. <laughs> I'm not even drinking bubbly today. That's weird. Um, <laughs> doesn't she know that he is cursed? That loving him is a curse. He's responsible for the deaths of two women, wonderfully smart and vibrant women who he did not deserve. They didn't just die after falling in love with him either. They died after he broke in them, made their hearts bleed in pain. He won't be responsible for yet another. Ugh. Good thing you're self-aware of how shitty you are, dude. God. That makes me <laughs> you like good thing you're self-aware you are like, I'm so awful. It's like, so you know how you're acting and you're still acting this way? Okay. Okay. Says a lot about you, sir. Mm-hmm. I find it real hard to sympathize with this guy. Sorry, you guys. Um, and then so he uh he says it's what he can't forget or forgive, what he did to Lillian and what he did after too. 
Days after Lillian's body was found pulled from the Thames, River Thames, um, the memory of it replays in his head again and again as he drifts into a thick sleep, how he got down on his knee and proposed to Caroline. (laughs) Days. Men ain't Lillian, so Adin is like a few months old, right? Or like at least a year, at the most, a year old. I think it mentions that she's only like 10 months old or something. So that means Lillian just died. Yeah. I wish this book was better known so that I could see like a physical timeline of this shit. Because I'm getting hella confused. I didn't know, I think that was just not to shit on Miss Alma. Uh-huh. But I might have been like poor, like poor, poor planning. Yeah, on her part. Maybe, yeah. But God bless. I hope you, I hope you don't listen to this. <laughs> yeah, I know. Please, please. Thanks. Um. So yeah, holy shit, dude! I can't. So okay, and honestly, before that line, I kind of maybe thought maybe um Lillian isn't dead after all, and she's just missing. But no, she's dead. Obviously, she's like dead. She's dead. She so is. Like, she kicked the bucket for sure. <laughs> She's in H E double hockey steps. She ain't ever coming back. Oh God. Whew. All right. Ooh, he also admits that he lied to Annie. Like he feels guilty that Annie feels so bad, but he was just trying to protect her because he thinks that he like causes harm to every woman he's ever yeah. been with after the fact. So he thought that he was doing her good. So he knows he was gaslighting the shit out of her too. You know, but knowing Annie, I don't feel that bad for her. <laughs> she needed to be humbled a little bit. I might gaslight her too, not gonna lie. <laughs> oh, I would gaslight her so hard. Just for the God. fun. I hate her. Mm-hmm. I hate her. Okay, chapter 34, Annie's perspective. <laughs> I'm out of breath. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Um, so this chapter starts with Annie. Um, she's back in Mark's room. This is 1916. Um, she's back in Mark's room. Um, <laughs> because she's trying to speak to Mark again. And this time, while Mark is passed out of sleep because he drank himself to sleep <laughs> in the last chapter, in the previous chapter. Um, <laughs> he's passed out cold and he straps Mark to the bed it's a good she idea said, she yeah. said he's gonna hear me today uh-huh you're not leaving this time baby <laughs> what the hell I was so mad god I was so mad <laughs> and uh she basically says that she forgives Mark for denying her uh she always finds an excuse for him i forgot how fucking crazy this bitch was because we had a break from her in the the last few chapters god and so when mark when mark wakes up annie's basically like i have news for you it's very important you have to listen she was like audine is alive and i was like she's why do you have to strap him to the bed and she doesn't know this is true. She does not know if this is actually true anymore. Sure, sure, she rescued the baby, but like you don't know it could have happened in four years. Yeah, but I do think she owes it to Mark to let her know that as far as her timeline, when she yeah. she rescued Aldine, 
Violet handed her off to somebody. So she he she, the baby didn't die from the sinking of the Titanic. So she yeah, does owe it to Mark Titanic. to let him know. But you don't have to strap him to the bed to tell him. But then you know, but then you know what? The next page, he has to be, he has the audacity to say, Why are you telling me this now? Why didn't you try to get in touch with me after the accident? How is she going to do that? (laughs) And literally, the last time she tried to talk to you, dude, you got all pissed off at her. So now you're mad because she didn't tell you sooner. Dude, I'd be mad too, the low key. You have me strapped to the bed. I'm going to think irrationally. Also, yeah, it's my kiss. I'm like, why did you wait so long to tell me this? You crazy. I don't know who I hate more in this. I'm not defending Annie. (laughs) She can go to hell. I hate her. (laughs) And so, yeah, she tells Mark that Audine's alive. Um, She says that she was there when Caroline drowned and that she dove in to help Audine before she lost unconsciousness herself. I bet Annie was like, fuck you, Caroline. I'm like, <laughs> did you drown her? Did you drown Caroline? Oh, I wouldn't put it past you. I would not put it past her. <laughs> so Mark asked Annie, uh, like you said, why didn't she try to um, contact him after the accident? And Annie says that she didn't know um, that he was alive, which like, yeah, makes sense. Uh-huh. And then she was like, I was in the loony bin. <laughs> <laughs> She said I had a whole, I had a, I had a few, uh, I had a few years, okay? She's like, I had a few, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he tries to grab his hand at one point, but forgets that he's <laughs> strapped into the bed, dumbass. <laughs> and then that's when, she, uh, she, that's when she, she realizes, that's when he realizes that he's literally strapped <laughs> God, she, uh. She suggests to him that when they dock, they go to um, like the record house to find more info about Audine. Um, Mark notices her brooch that she's wearing and um, asks, Are you she still look like Caroline? Up. Yeah, she just left up. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Mark asked, Did you steal this from Caroline regarding the brooch? You know what she says? She says, Caroline is dead. Your wife is dead. <laughs> like, girl, come on. Why would you respond that way? Why would you respond that way? She says that. Oh my god. She, I think she's trying to sink. Like, she wants that to sink into Mark. Like, she's never coming back. Yeah, she's never coming back, Mark. I feel like she should have one of those hypnotizing things in front of her. <laughs> god. She scares me. She's on a hinge. I like I just get I'm scared that one day I might meet an Annie. <laughs> that you might be an Annie? No, I might meet an Annie. Oh, already oh hell no. <laughs> Tell me now. Spare me. <laughs> um Gosh. and then she tells Mark that his spirit has been behind um all the strange things happening at the Titanic. Because apparently she felt that was also very important to tell Mark mm-hmm. at this time. Like, do you really think he's going to process this right now? You have him strapped to the bed. I know. You just told him that his daughter might be alive. And now you are t- now you think it's important to tell him that there's like a spirit. That's that there was a spirit on the Titanic. The Titanic. Oh, yeah, I just feel like this, this could have been done a little bit better. Although I get why she strapped him to the bed. Because clearly he wasn't ready. He didn't want to listen to her any other time. 
but it just this was all done very wrong (laughs) yeah and maybe if 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 she did a little less of like you know we belong together you're mine you're back with me maybe she just was like mark remember me i'm annie the help um on dean's alive i feel like maybe he would have taken it better you know i forget that she was so young too she was 18 on the the titanic so now she's 22 yeah she's still so she's still so young you know and i think mark's like 40 no no, he he's forty. He has to be. I remember. I can't. He was not, He was like he's in his. He's probably in his like late twenties anymore. From this late twenties, maybe early thirties. Okay. Maybe. Anyway, Mark tells Annie to stop talking. <laughs> um, Annie for a second thinks that Mark looks guilty. Um, but um, she probably is because he realizes he's hurting her feelings, but. Yeah, he's at this point he's just being really like cruel almost. Because then he says he, I think Mark's Mark's being cruel. Yeah, because then he calls her crazy, and then he's like, obviously, dude, (laughs) Mark is strapped to the bed. Again, (laughs) he's not being cruel enough. (laughs) I hate you. (laughs) And then Annie starts to cry like a little bitch. dude i was so mad i was like girl you strapped him to the bed that's true you just can't let go of that huh you're very hung up on the girl that is so unsound that's true that was unnecessary it really just changed the whole tone of this whole chapter (laughs) you just i'm sorry not a little bitch but she starts to cry because mark is because mark is pushing her away yeah Uh, mark feels bad and tells her not to cry that he's that he's just worried for her. Emmy is like really distraught and leaves. She runs out the room. Um, and she thought that Mark would really listen to her this time and is now hopeless. Dumbass. <laughs> um, but as she leaves, she takes something out of her, like I guess her whatever, her pocket or whatever. Because as she was strapping Mark down while he was asleep, she stole. This also pissed me off. No, what is your Lillian's book? That's so mean. I know, because like that's the only thing he has from the Titanic. That is so cruel. That's how I knew she was evil. That's true. And she needs to quit stealing shit. Stop. <laughs> what are you doing? Like, stop. That's an addiction. That's not okay. I think it you is. already have the brooch god but i want to but honestly i'm glad she did because i want to know the tea about this book like what's in it what's in the journal what is Lily yeah. about her manipulative ass yeah that is the bright side so disrespectful though yeah but and a dead man a dead woman's journal too at that i know just, and then the chapter ends by um my um the statement of she opens the journal and a chill runs down her spine when she sees the name Lillian nodding mm-hmm. and I was like does she recognize this name yeah I don't actually that just wow does she even know who Lillian is I don't know because she said she expected to see the name but nonetheless a chill still ran down her spine when she read it Lillian nodding and I was it, like she must know who that is then I was trying to remember if if it was brought up previously by either mark maybe carol not probably not caroline but maybe uh-huh. of lillian how does she recognize it i i feel like maybe 
I don't know, honestly. Maybe Mark had mentioned her name or something. Maybe. <clears throat> but I feel like if she does have her own path with Lillian, it's uh-huh. going to tie everything together. Dude, imagine. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I have no freaking clue. I love a good story where everybody, like, well, everybody relates to each other. Like, yeah, it's all tied together. Yeah, it's really. Funny. I do too. Yeah. When all the past, when all the past intertwine, we love to see it. We love to see it. And that leads us to chapter thirty-four. Um. Nope. 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 Chapter. <laughs> Not chapter. Telegraph. Telegraph. That leads us to telegraph. Um. I'll just read it. Wait. Western Union, April fourteenth. Can I get another glass of wine? Oh, yeah, go for it. Okay. You top yourself off, girl. Okay, <laughs> okay. after Continue. chapter 34, it leads us to a telegraph titled Western Union, April 14th, 1912, which is the sinking of the Titanic, correct? Yes. I All literally right. put shit's about to go down. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay, so the telegraph states. From SS Peronia? Peronia. Sounds like Corona. Ooh. <laughs> oh, Corona. From SS Coronia, 7 10 a.m. Captain Titanic westbound steamers report bergs, growlers, and field ice in 42 north from 49 to 51 west, April 12th, Cops Bar. From SS Baltic, 11.55 a.m. To Captain Smith, Titanic. Have had moderate variable winds and clear fine weather since leaving. Greek steamers <coughs> Athenia reports passing icebergs and large quantities of field ice today in latitude 41.51 north, longitude 49.52 west. Wish you, had, wish you and Titanic all success, Commander. From SS Californian. 6.30 p.m. For Captain Smith, Titanic, ice sighted at 42.3 north, 49.9 west. Compliments, Captain Lord. And that last time stamp is pretty important because the Titanic sinks, I think it officially all goes down at 2 in the morning on April 15th. So, like, that's pretty late in the evening for that notification to be had. I wonder if like, that's around the time that the iceberg is is spotted from the actual Titanic. I wonder if like they like heated these warnings or like because like the first warning came in at like 7 10 a.m. So I wonder if they like took these seriously or if they just like brushed them off. I, I don't remember what happened in the movie. <laughs> yeah they brushed them off in the movie and I remember I want to say it was I'm trying to find out let me give me a second. Um chapter 11 um, Annie thinks back about like all the rumors that floated around after the sinking about why it sunk, like too few light boats, disregard for safety precautions, jammed wire signals. So maybe they didn't even get these any of these notifications. Oh, oh. Or maybe they did and just blame them on jammed wire signals. Maybe. I hope it's I hope it's um the latter. Yeah, because in the movie. Yeah, the captain blows it off because the one of the um I think one of the crew members like tells the captain like, oh, we got some 
some reports of icebergs and he's like okay <laughs> yeah but then somebody tells one of the um members on the ship like the uh the like the uh, upper class tells the captain to keep driving because they could make history by being the first people oh to make it to the uh to like be the be the fastest ship yeah be the fastest ship the fastest voyage ever documented the man. pride of man will be the downfall of us all dude that's some deep ass words the i know pride of man will be the downfall of humankind wow quote us <laughs> no quote Evie. she made it slap <laughs> that shit on a t-shirt baby <laughs> <laughs> damn so True. profound it's probably already it's probably been said <laughs> you probably, you probably read it somewhere yeah, <laughs> you probably gonna... read it somewhere <laughs> yeah i'm all acting like it's my original quote well, that was good Evie. <laughs> the wine's hidden <laughs> the, you know the wine it just brings out a another another it's not a philosophical of me yeah a philosophical eddie mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 all right this is caroline's perspective um april 14th 1912 <laughs> i wrote oop the ship is going down <laughs> less than 24 hours baby okay so this um the chapter starts off with caroline waking up from a dream she hears someone screaming in her dream um her dream is actually a memory <laughs> a memory of she and mark having an affair from the past when mark was still married to lillian i guess before lillian's death uh-huh oh yeah um that's so sad oh god i don't know lillian but i feel like she didn't deserve that although she was really mean I'm apparently so confused about the dynamic of that freaking relationship i hope i find out what it is soon i don't know why it's taking us so long to find sh- to find shit out mm-hmm. whatever anyway um so she woke up from the dream and she wakes up in an unfamiliar room and right at this moment i knew what happened oh tivities whole tivities um she remembers that mark and her had a fight the night before at the ball they had a fight over annie remember mm-hmm. um Oh yeah, because- Mark never fired Annie. And- Honestly, when another woman becomes like, if, if you're stating someone's name so many times in your relationship, like, that's a bad sign. Like, you gotta right. like, yeah. no, nobody's name should be in your mouth that that often. Uh huh. And you shouldn't be defending that person so adamantly either. No, like, um, okay. Um, we'll be back next week with chapters 36 our predictions oh shit sorry go ahead okay you go first because i have no clue again girl i don't either i'm gonna <laughs> see the obvious <laughs> this fucking ship is sinking titanic yeah titanic's for sure gonna sink next yeah. i think the I next chapters yeah um uh i hope i hope maybe it's not a prediction it's a, a hope uh, I hope that we find out more about the dynamic between Lillian and Caroline and Mark. Because oh, I'm yeah, super confused about that. And I want to know, I don't think that Dean is Caroline's biological daughter. Oh no, that was pretty much already like... I feel like she pretty much got it, right? Yeah. I also think, uh, it's a little dark, 
I think that die is going to see Les die. <laughs> I was going to ask you. I hope so, because remember, that was one of my predictions. I know. Yeah, do so you sad. think they live or die? Do you think die dies? <laughs> I think maybe they die together. Oh. That's like their epic love story. Yeah, a tragic love story. It's like Romeo and Juliet. You know what I was thinking about reading this book? Huh? I'm I'm assuming there wasn't just a Jack and Rose. There was like multiple stories. Wait, say that one more time. I was thinking that like when I watched the Titanic and we just saw it from like Jack and Rose perspective. Mm-hmm. Although they're fictional characters. I was thinking, I was like, wow, I'm sure everybody on the ship had their own story. Their own tragic yeah. story. So I feel like it's almost like it's almost like Titanic. We get that. We get that. Um, all those other perspectives. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, makes me want to start watching that movie again. But no, no, <laughs> I it's can't. I can't. I can't handle that today. <laughs> can't afford that investment, man. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, okay. Hold on. Oh my gosh, I have homework to do after this. Me too. Tragic. Oh. um okay we'll be back next week with chapters 36 through 40 of the deep you guys we're almost done but thank you guys for listening we'll see you guys next week bye bye thank you for listening to this week's episode of sip and read you can listen to us on spotify and apple podcast under sip and read you can also follow us on instagram under at sip and read podcast and on tiktok at sip and read we'll see you next week